Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm back for the second time uh, with Kay Van Kian. For those who caught the last episode, we discussed his uh, first book, What is Water? And now we're here uh, to look at his second, What is Wisdom? Kay Van, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Uh, great to see you again. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic to see you. And I was just saying, as I came on the call, your, your, your tone was just immediately <laughs> calming. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, uh, all this reading of philosophy must be doing yeah, wonders for your soul. <laughs> Might be the effect you have on your interviewees in this case. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, and I was just saying, you know, versus the first book, you know, there's some new, some new faces, um, some new philosophers that you're, you're including. Um, and uh, yeah, I really, enjoyed, I really enjoyed the book. And again, a short book, super easy read. So for anybody who's um, daunted by the idea of diving into, you know, ancient philosophy, uh, this could not be more accessible. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Um, so, yeah, I get maybe we should start with like what, what, well, first of all, let's hear a little bit of background, mm -hmm. you know, for those who are not familiar with, with you and, you know, your, your role in the world. And then maybe we talk a bit about the motivation for the second book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, always uh, good to uh, give also some updates since the last time we spoke. But uh, uh, I think last time I shared how I like to create things. So uh, I've had uh, um, you know, my own companies uh, uh, that I set up. I've worked for many years as a consultant uh, in business uh, for McKinsey. I, uh, uh, in addition to that, like to think and write and over the course of the years, uh, built a program called uh, the Young Leaders Forum, where we bring together many young leaders, I would say young at heart, there's no age limit uh, in this uh, sense, and uh, helping each other think through how do you stay sane in a crazy changing world? How do you lead, grow and thrive? And uh, uh, how do you make better decisions? And uh, uh, that was also a motivation uh, for these books to say, I learned a lot from all these conversations and lessons and putting them into practice. Uh, how can we make much of this content accessible for everyone else uh, who might also be interested, but doesn't have the, the time or the attention to go through maybe all those thick old philosophical books, <laughs> but uh, wants to get to the point and how to apply everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then what, I guess what, so this is about decision-making uh, and is there anything, you know, particularly about this, this latest volume that you were, you know, intent on achieving with the book? <laughs> now, uh, similar to what is water, these are challenges, issues, things I would come across uh, for myself personally and quite quickly realized that uh, there are many others who are also uh, uh, going through all of this. And especially, uh, I think many can remember the, the months March, April 2020, when so much became unclear that even the people before would think, uh, you know, I've got it, uh, uh, I know how to handle things. All of a sudden I had to make many important decisions. Are you going to still invest in this uh, business idea or not? Are you going to pursue uh, this acquisition or merger? Are you going to join this other company? Are you going to move to a new geography? And uh, I also noticed for myself, uh, well, what are you going to base all these decisions on when the crystal ball is not so uh, crystal clear anymore? Uh, and uh, this book, I hope, 
helps people answer this question for themselves. You know, what's a wise thing to do right now? What is wisdom? Mm. And uh, not by saying, you know, follow the ideas of this philosopher and uh, you'll always get to the right destination, but trusting very much the judgment of the reader to say, these are different ways to think about the situation. This is like your personal advisory board of Aristotle, Nietzsche, and so many other thinkers. And uh, the main skill to practice is how well can you switch between these very different ways of thinking. And hopefully, at least whatever decision you make, you won't regret it. You can always say, well, I gave it the, the thought it was uh, uh, asking, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that, that, that framing and how many of us stop and think, <laughs> it sort of makes me laugh to say it, but what would be the wise decision right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I often find myself reflecting, like, what would be, you know, the best thing to do or, um, you know, what should I do? Mm-hmm. But qualifying it with wise gives it a whole <laughs> different tenor, right? <laughs> you, it, and, and a, big... yeah. I would say for uh, the sense that you could always, you know, say, you know, what's the right thing to do? But uh, all of a sudden... At least many have the feeling that whatever decision they make or don't make uh, just has a lot of implications. Uh, it could have implications on uh, other people's health, uh, things that uh, maybe before 2020, not many people were thinking a lot about. And uh, small steps, big steps. So there is, of course, a risk that people can get almost paralyzed with all this you know, paralysis by analysis or mm. trying to quantify things with the same tools that helped in the past. And uh, in this case, yeah, maybe elevating these questions and saying, yeah, what would be a wise decision um, helps you to uh, think things through a little bit uh, better. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then, the, and then maybe that is part of the motivation of the book is to have mm-hmm. people ask that question specifically, yes. <laughs> like more often, what, what would be a wise thing to do? And then, of course, it begs the decision, well, how would I make a wise decision? Like, how would I know if it was wise? What tools might I use mm-hmm. in order to make a wise decision? Um, it sort of opens up a, a new vista, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it becomes a bit uh, impersonal in the sense that, uh, you know, I believe this should be done uh, mm. versus, um, yeah, taking all these different perspectives into account. At least for now, this could be the best next step. Uh, and uh, it is uh, uh, very humbling to realize that uh, the world is, uh, uh, in many ways, way more complex than we either maybe know or prefer. And uh, uh, this way, we hopefully also can have a, a common and shared language around it. So one could say, well, I get your point of uh, uh, you want to move ahead, for instance, with this uh, merger or this business idea. But uh, uh, you could think about, okay, but what would uh, Hippocrates say in this case? What could be the unintended uh, consequences? And uh, without, you know, becoming uh, uh, very personal, you can always objectively say, hey, yeah, that's a good point. Let's think that through. And who who knows what comes out of that conversation? Yeah, yeah. I'm just smiling at the thought of saying at a business meeting, what would Hippocrates (laughs) (laughs) Think it's a way to either completely alienate every every colleague, or or, or, or come over as like you know, 
the wisest guy in the room. It's a fine line, isn't it? Oh, yeah, maybe uh, uh, at least it will spark some curiosity <laughs> uh, when people feel stuck. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I also like that, and I can see why you're, with your young, young forum, you know, your mm-hmm. young leaders forum, is that I guess by explicitly creating a space where you're saying, no, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're going to look at this question of wisdom, and we're going to invite these philosophical voices into our conversation. You, you've kind of created the space where people could ask the question, what would Hippocrates yeah. say or do or think in this way? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the very minimum, asking themselves. It's not about convincing yeah. others you should think like him or Sarah, but um, when you're faced with a certain decision, realizing at least from this angle that uh, intentions good intentions don't automatically lead to good results, especially in a complex environment. So uh, not being blinded by your sense of, uh, let's say, purity and intentions and goodness, uh, but very, you know, technically thinking through what could go wrong, uh, how could this turn out differently, and being a bit more cautious uh, can give you actually a, a more uh, sense of confidence that uh, what you're doing is at least thought through. Yeah. What could get, consider the consequences, which is what, when you, in your chapter on Hippocrates, you bring that out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we much. expand a bit on that? Then like yeah. how, how to think like Hippocrates. I mean, I know we've got a bunch of <laughs> actually touch on that. I think uh, it's something that uh, personally helped me a lot. And um, it is, uh, as I said, in the end, uh, many leaders and uh, young leaders, old leaders, how you want to say it, uh, m- most people I meet, at least maybe if not all, uh, want to make a positive difference. Um, they uh, want to uh, create something that is helpful for others and the like. Uh, I haven't met somebody who uh, wants to make life more difficult for others, uh, so to speak. But uh, the question here becomes, uh, Hippocrates would say, from the medical perspective, uh, first, do no harm. And uh, realizing that uh, with good intentions, you might actually uh, cause unintended harm. Now, whether it's intended or unintended, uh, the bottom line is that you made a difficult situation worse. And uh, you don't want to regret uh, the actions that you took, of course, looking back. Um, And this is a very more true ethical ways to think through. Or when you decide to go pursue something, you can make sure you can adapt on the way. Don't make these big, irreversible, large-scale decisions that uh, uh, who knew what could come out of it. And Mother Nature or humanity or whatever problem you're trying to solve for them uh don't care about your intentions of course down the line uh did you uh do something good or not and hippocrates uh, helps you it hits the brakes but in a mindful way uh so that uh, you become indeed maybe a little bit wiser uh when it comes to the decisions that you make yeah and it's and it's yeah hitting the brakes what could happen what what could all the consequences of this decision be? Mm-hmm. A step by step, methodically thinking through in that way, which, yeah, it doesn't come naturally, doesn't it? I'm thinking about you know Kahneman thinking fast and thinking slow. It, mm. It's it doesn't it doesn't come easily to us, does it? As as humans, <laughs> to to slow down in that way. 
you're right. It doesn't come easily because the real harm is often not in the first consequence. That you can predict to a certain yeah. extent. And uh, the real harm is uh, possibly hidden further down the chain. And that takes, of course, a lot of imagination or thinking or indeed life experience and the, and the like. And uh, um, just knowing or acknowledging that you don't know might, again, uh, be a bit more humbling so that uh, uh, you uh, make sure that if something does uh, go differently than expected, you can course correct, or at least uh, you can make sure that uh, you can make better decisions on the way. But it doesn't come naturally, uh, mainly because of uh, that uh, these uh, elements are further down the chain. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and perhaps that's why we, one of the reasons we revere these philosophers is because they've gone against the grain, right? They've trained mm. themselves over years to slow down their thinking process. Um, and that has resulted in them making better decisions, but also perhaps at some level we revere them because, because of that skill alone, just to, <laughs> to slow down and, and think deeply. Think deeply. And of course, these ideas, uh, I guess, were existed before these philosophers. Uh, um, but uh, at least in this book, uh, these names symbolize the idea yeah. so that it does make it easier in the heat of the moment uh, to think, indeed, what would Hippocrates say in this moment, where you can actually visualize somebody sitting in the room, raising his hand and saying, hey, how about uh, any unintended harm? Uh, versus uh, memorizing a lot of concepts and that they're abstract and thinking about uh, hidden harm further down the chain, etc. That might be less easy. So the book is also structured around these names. But uh, of course, these ideas uh, existed before these people. However, uh, they were maybe very helpful in popularizing and thinking these things through much better than others. Yeah. Yeah, no, that make, that makes sense, and it, it brings to mind a quote from Bernard Bernard Shaw, right? That that uh, he he says like most most men think two or three times a year. I built an international <laughs> reputation based on thinking two or three times a week, right? Like, and and that rang true for me, right? Like, how often do I like consciously mark out time? Mm. Of course, I'm thinking all the time, but how? You know, I think what he means is that how don't you, do you deliberately stop? and make space to think through something, to think in a deliberative manner. That's it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully with this book, you feel you have uh, all these coaches, all these members of your advisory board who uh, you know, help you, guide you a bit along the way so you don't have to start from scratch. With the intent, uh, again, not of saying, uh, you know, this is the way you should always think, um, but uh, to practice the ability to switch. Uh, in the book, uh, there's a chapter on Talus who thinks in patterns. And uh, of course, if you cannot think in any kind of pattern, it's uh, very easy to know that you're going to repeat a lot of past mistakes. Because, um, you know, many things uh, ha that happen today, you know, you can say they're analogies for the past. Uh, at the same time, if you only think in patterns, you're going to run into a lot of other problems because uh, maybe it's a false pattern. Maybe you're just connecting dots that, you know, are not really needed to connect. They have nothing to do with each other, but in your imagination, they might have. 
And that's where Democritus comes and says, uh, well, forget about patterns. Don't forget about uh, using your senses. What's happening in front of you? What do you really see? Not what should you see in a moment like this, but what you actually see, hear, smell, feel. And uh, that's ability to switch, when to switch, like gears in a car. Um, that is, of course, the, the real skill that is very hard but uh, very worthwhile to, uh, to pursue and practice. Yeah, like, like meta-wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> meta-wisdom, because indeed, if somebody would tell you, what's the best gear to drive in? Like, uh, you wouldn't even know how to answer that question. Right? You say, well, I often drive in the third or the fourth, but obviously you need to be able to switch through, uh, depending on the situation, uh, when a surprise comes your way or anything. Uh, it's not a, a values judgment. It's a very practical way of using your vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that make that makes that makes sense. And I'm also think Democritus and that I've not heard of him before. Right, he, it, that was the mm. first time I'd heard that. Name. And you could you could you, could we say the original mindfulness guru? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he seems. <laughs> He simplified uh, a lot of things, uh, and of course, we know now know better. But uh, he was uh, one of the first to say uh, the world exists of uh, atoms and uh, empty space, and the rest is you know stories or you know whatever we make out of it. But uh, uh, there are actual real building blocks, and uh, uh, we should make sure we're, we're still in touch with that and don't get too much lost in our minds. And uh, if there's uh, lightning happening or if there's some other uh, natural disaster happening, uh, there might actually be real causes that we can observe, measure, uh, very much the, the yeah, empirical scientific method in all of that. And uh, the same would apply in a business situation where you can uh, say, uh, you know, there's a certain policy, uh, HR policy that we want to implement and this and that. You can say, hey, this has worked well in other organizations and uh, this is how it turned out. You can think in patterns. But uh, uh, do you measure the real thing, right? Is this really helpful or not? Uh, how are people responding to it? Uh, is the situation exactly what you had uh, predicted it to be? Because uh, otherwise you get completely out of touch. And that's where the switching comes, of course, uh, to play into play. And again, if that is the only way you think you're going to miss out on being able to predict things, uh, uh, manage risks in the right way, because you miss out on the patterns, you might miss out on uh, what you want uh, to do, uh, which is a very different angle to look at. Nietzsche would uh, highly encourage you to think in that way, and so forth, and so forth. Well, yeah, so, so talk about Nietzsche a little bit then, just expand on, on the point you just made. <laughs> so, um, in uh, the ways of thinking of different philosophers, there's this uh, idea around, for instance, focusing on what you can control. We talked a lot about that. Uh, and uh, uh, where do you have, uh, uh, where can you make a difference and whatnot? And in challenging crises, you can imagine that's a very helpful way of thinking. Um, but if that, again, is the only way that you think, uh, then you might miss out on what you actually want in life. Not only what can I do, but what do I want to do? And uh, the idea of uh, eternal recurrence, an old one that uh, Nietzsche also further popularized, is the thought experiment that uh, whatever is happening today, whatever you're doing right now, 
including having this podcast, uh, Richard, for you, <laughs> or uh, somebody who's listening to this, uh, this would recur an infinite amount of times until forever, because the universe keeps repeating uh, somehow, some way. And uh, not to use that as a worldview, but uh, the immediate question, of course, is uh, how would that feel, that thought? Uh, would you regret <laughs> having spent uh, this uh, day in January this way or uh, not? And uh, that helps you to stay a bit on track with not what can I do, uh, but what do I want to do? Um, and the weight of eternity helps you to wake up a bit uh, uh, with all the specific actions, independent maybe even of certain consequences. So in the book, referencing the idea of somebody's thinking whether I should, you know, launch a company or not. And uh, all these different people might give good advice. You know, what's the market? Uh, how can this develop? Is this wise from a financial point of view? Um, but uh, maybe through this lens, the question would be, okay, who cares? Does it matter if this is a financial success or not? If this uh, opportunity would come back in the future, would you regret not having taken it? Right. Uh, if you've always wanted to create and build, maybe that's the real goal in this case. So don't forget about also your own personal wishes uh, while you're making decisions these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a very powerful thought experiment. Mm -hmm. You describe it in the book, isn't it? So <laughs> if this were Groundhog Day and I was in this day for eternity, mm -hmm. is this the day I'd choose? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the fact that you didn't uh, uh, leave this meeting, hopefully that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, but thinking. that's interesting. But, well, I mean, yeah, of course, <laughs> at one level it is, but then it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's such a, I mean, it reminds me of the, the, the Steve Jobs quote, right? Isn't it? Mm. And I think he says it for three days, right? He says, if, 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 if for three days on the trot, you're mm -hmm. thinking you don't want to do, you know, have the life that you're in. And that's an indicator you need to change. That's an indicator. Um, and as long as you're aware of that, who knows, maybe somebody says, well, um, yes, but the real reason I'm doing this is uh, because I, I maybe um, you know, care less about you know, just doing in life what you want. And uh, life is not about that necessarily. And I'm here for other things. Uh, and uh, that's a Porsche part of Aristotle. Uh, coming in about building your character, actually going maybe against what you want in order mm. to build virtues uh, that are of importance to you. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a different angle, of course, uh, to, to look at. But I hope that uh, uh, the reader, by looking at it purely from one lens, feels that uh, uh, it also helps to clarify, because these thoughts can, of course, get very messy if uh, all of a sudden 12 different people are talking at the same time from a different mm. angle, so that in this case, you just go one by one by one by one, collecting your thoughts. And at the end, then you can say, well, you know, I've heard all of you. Thank you for your wise advice. Uh, and, you know, given taking everything into consideration, I'm going to still decide to start this company. But I know, yeah. uh, right, the why and how and everything that can uh, happen as of today. Yeah. So like a, a kind of parliament of elders in your mind that you, <laughs> yeah, Maybe. that you consult. Um, 
I mean, I've heard that before, right? As a practice, mm-hmm. right? It's to just, you know, if you don't have a group of wise people around you, mentors, mm-hmm. create them in your head and then channel the thoughts of each of those individuals. And it can be as, well, I don't know, as powerful, but it can be powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really consciously attempted that technique. Um, and, <laughs> but I guess you're, 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 you're offering a version of that here, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you use this book as a reference and you familiarize yourself with the way of thinking and then apply it. Um, and then presumably over time, that just becomes more habitual. Indeed. Just like the gears, uh, again, in a vehicle, um, maybe at first you're thinking, oh, how do I go from two to four and how does this work? And did I, you know, use the right move at the right time? And this, this just costs a lot of energy for everyone who can still remember uh, that. Either it's on a bike or in a car or anywhere else. Uh, but to your point, it could become habitual, more instinctive to say, hey, this is interesting. Everybody's uh, moving this way. Maybe it is a good moment to uh, think what would Socrates uh, say in this case? Mm. And the mantra of, is that really so? And almost to the level of being very annoying, uh, challenging, right? If any assumption, any fact, anything that somebody brings uh, to the table, uh, because that might be the voice that is missing at that particular moment of time. And again, not to halt any form of decision-making, but to make sure that the final decision is definitely a better one than it otherwise would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and allowing yourself to be your own skeptic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of us have maybe too many skeptics around us, so maybe you have the luxury of having many Socrates in your life, uh, but then uh, it would be helpful to uh, maybe go for another chat. It, uh, uh, and uh, to add that person to your life, yeah, yeah, you're, you, you, you refer to it, what, skept, skeptical uh, capital, or, mm-hmm. right? Like in your skeptical. life, like do a, do a skeptical, skeptic inventory, and um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And of course, that, and then you got to try, you got to try to draw the line there between cynics and skeptics, right? You don't want <laughs> too many just. Uh, cynics in your life um but yeah having skeptics each uh each angle taken to the extreme as you can imagine can cause a lot of problems in practice because the world is very complex you cannot just have this mono lens uh taken too far doubting every single thing that uh, exists uh, doubting whether you know there's something as knowledge whether and so forth all these existential questions you can imagine it uh, uh, won't get you very far uh, if you're running your own business and you, you have to think, you know, should I sign this mm. contract or not? So um, it is also helpful to know that maybe we've taken this way of thinking too far. Um, it's important to know what you want, but of course there are limits uh, in only pursuing that path uh, for yourself and others. Right? Um, there's a, an idea around uh, hipparchia in the book on uh, values. So, you know, what are my values? Which trade-offs am I willing to make? Which price am I willing to pay for what? In which case? And uh, uh, at least then you know that uh, that path, whatever it will turn out to become, uh, was a meaningful one. Um, And you were being able to uh, uh, make the decisions. You couldn't quantify the right decision, 
right? Should you hire this person or not? Or should you uh, do this uh, um, initiative or not? But at least you know that uh, uh, it was according to the values that you had. Uh, how do you want to treat others? How do you want to uh, spend these uh, uh, crises uh, years? Uh, how do you want to look back on this? And uh, and the like. But again, another angle to uh, to pursue. Yeah, yeah. What what's the what's the wise decision to make here, given given my values? Yeah. How well yeah. do you know your values? Uh, how well do you know the right trade off? And uh, of course, most people would say, yeah, creativity is important, freedom is important, uh, wonder is important, and uh, and the like. But when it comes down to it, uh, are you willing to pay a price for creativity uh, in your career, in your personal life, and going forward? Because uh, if not, then yeah, you might think maybe it, you know, it's not a real, real value, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <case. laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can see that, I can see that. I'm, I'm, what, I'm wondering, you know, because the more I consider this, the more I, I'm sort of, I'm viewing it as a discipline. Mm-hmm. What in, in your work with young leaders, and, and even with yourself, I suppose, what makes, what do you think makes the difference between someone who, who develops disciplines, mm-hmm. disciplines around thinking, let's say, mm-hmm. and those who, who, who just don't, don't develop it. Uh, the main difference uh, would be a, a practical one. Uh, I, I can't step into the shoes of somebody and say, you know, maybe one is happier or not or this and that, because switching between different ways of thinking, you know, it takes effort, it's hard work. Uh, and um, I'm not even sure whether a person would feel more satisfied in life. Right? That's, uh, that's very, it's actually a, a difficult skill that you're taking up uh, what I can say is that people who do have that flexibility, uh, of course, are much better able in um, making decisions that actually work in practice, uh, are able to uh, get people along and work when they have uh, an idea, uh, inspire them, motivate them, navigate through uh, and it all. And it, it, it helps you match the way of thinking with maybe the the situation at hand versus hoping that the situation come somehow adapts to your way of thinking so that you know you get lucky so it increases the chances that you can actually get closer to uh, where you need to be want to be and uh, that is let's say on you know bottom line uh, it helps you to uh, adapt uh, so much better in uh, in different situations and it, uh, it helps that uh, you can guide others. When somebody speaks, uh, it's easy to say, oh, you know, uh, I don't, where does that come from? Or, uh, you know, that's a crazy way of thinking or an idea. But maybe understanding the, uh, where this person actually is coming from. Say, hey, this sounds, that's something Nietzsche would actually say. Uh, <laughs> and I get the spirit of uh, what is being said. Nevertheless, let me share with this person that that might not be the best way, or uh, maybe we can tweak it. So you're a much more helpful team member. Uh, You are able to make people feel heard, seen. You're able to channel all these uh, different perspectives. Uh, It's a a bit of an art, uh, so to speak. Uh, So it's a long answer to a a short question. 
I would say there is sometimes uh, life might seem easier not knowing what you don't know. <laughs> um, but in the long run, uh, over the course of the years and decades, uh, probably life will teach you these lessons somehow, some way. So maybe uh, you can learn them a bit upfront. So at least uh, it's more enjoyable and uh, slightly less painful in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that I, yeah. And that makes sense as, as the, as the pitch to someone to develop these skills, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still interested in what's the, you know, what's the disposition of those who, uh, uh, who take this on mm -hmm. uh, and is there anything people can do to better equip themselves to yeah, develop these as disciplines? That's a good one. Um, I think the disposition would be a, a sense of uh, humbleness, a sense of realizing that uh, the extent to which the world outside you is uh, complex mm. and um, or at least trying to imagine that and realizing that uh, uh, simple ways of, you know, this just came up in me um, might not be sufficient uh, uh, to cope or adapt with that. So there's a sense of humbleness, there's a sense of curiosity, uh, and there is a, a deep-seated uh, drive need to make things work. There's a certain idealism, because uh, why would you go through all this effort uh, in uh, thinking these things through. Similarly, you could ask, you know, why would a uh, um, someone in the, the medical world go through all those years of studying and practice and the like? There's a deep sense of, you know, I want to cure uh, maybe this patient. I want to be there for that person. So th there's a disposition there, and it helps a lot to talk with people about these things. That's an excellent way, maybe the best way to practice and learn. But uh, especially these days when you're not surrounded with a lot of people in person, a lot of casual informal conversations don't happen uh, and the like. Uh, I hope that this book sort of uh, is some kind of uh, you know, supplement for, for those conversations that uh, unfortunately don't take place easily. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. The idea of surrounding yourself with people who who talk about these topics. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm just applying it to my own experience. Like, I don't, I don't really have friends in my life who, you know, we won't debate the merits of, you know, <laughs> Heraclitus together, right? I mean, I hear it on <laughs> podcasts. I'm talking to you now. I, I read books, but like making a conscious effort to build, yeah, relationships, friendships, you know around mm -hmm. these interests indeed yeah. and uh, yeah. i've worked with people who shared uh, the book with their team members so at least you have a bit of a shared language right and, uh, yeah that's someone, a great idea yeah. right just to, to to hand this out as a or if you've got a book <laughs> club at work or something right yeah, yeah like there you go <laughs> also good yeah. for your book sales but yeah yeah. And that, uh, uh, and or you give a, you read the book and you present some thoughts and ideas out of it to your colleagues in a few minutes. But um, it, typically, it's not a lack of a goodwill from others. Uh, it's just a lot of effort uh, to go through that, and uh, the uh, not having a share of a share, the, the not having a shared language in which you can uh, discuss these things. And you and I, if we would uh, need to make a decision. Uh, yeah, you could say, hey, you know, what would Hippocrates maybe think of uh, what we're trying to do? 
uh, I, I immediately at least understand your intention and uh, I, I might not take it as a personal, you know, attack of saying, you know, uh, hey, have, you know, have you thought this through or not? But understanding that, yeah, you're right. We're so much thinking about what could go right. What do we want to go right? Uh, why should it go right? <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, let's pause for a moment. Thanks, Richard, for bringing that up. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think that the, the humility, being humble, mm-hmm. well, we, you know, we were talking a bit about on the show, surrender, right? Surrendering to the, <laughs> the reality that we're in this, you know, this complex world and um, that it may take effort to come to good decisions. Indeed. Right? That, yeah. And that just my immediate impulse on a particular topic may not be the best best route that's it and uh, it could have been for a different context or it might be in this case if you're lucky or maybe wiser than uh, the decade ago but uh, uh, you want you, you might not have the uh, luxury to afford you know uh, going for luck uh, in this case and uh, one thing that the past years have shown us is that uh, yeah luck is not always on our side lot of uh, things unfortunately happened for a lot of us that uh, we you know couldn't foresee didn't want the like so given this situation even not making a decision is a decision you cannot change the situation uh, that you're in today immediately you cannot change that context you cannot make it less complex etc etc what can you do well you can look at it from different perspectives and uh, immediately quickly decide uh, what would be the best thing for today. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I but I have to say, given all of that, when I just look <laughs> at the, the sort of political decision-making, at least the sort of public face of that, hmm. that doesn't seem to be, a, be applied, right? It very much seems to have been a, okay, this is, this is, this is the current situation. This is what we control. Hmm. This is what we need to do. You know, I didn't hear sort of, you know, publicly um, airing, okay, well, if we did this, then we might expect X, Y, Z to happen. And given all of that versus the potential benefit of doing this, like Mm -hmm. there didn't seem to, that, that, could we call it the sort of Hippocratic style (laughs) of thinking, but ironically Mm -hmm. enough, given the health crisis, um, you know, occurred. Just Mm -hmm. to take an example, it's... uh, uh, yeah. And uh, you can imagine that uh, if this is already difficult to have uh, conversations like this with a small team uh, or a business department, uh, uh, we've noticed uh, the difficulty of having these conversations on a societal level. Yeah. And uh, if you indeed don't have that common language, shared language, you know, use the same words, but uh, do you mean the same? Uh, do you immediately get it when somebody raises that point? Um, yeah, yeah. I, my personal wish would be that, uh, if anything, through these uh, years of different crises, uh, all, all through together, uh, the necessity for at least creating these uh, shared languages, whatever they are, right? It's not about this book, but being able to uh, think through difficult problems through different perspectives. Uh, I hope uh, the uh, our collective ability will only improve. Uh, because we know how important it is when it really comes down to it. Yeah. It's almost like you're, you're proposing a wisdom culture. 
you know, and just think about how far our current popular culture is, at least from my eyes, from a wisdom culture. I mean, I like to uh, imagine, of course, I uh, didn't live in those days, but I can. Im- I like to imagine that in the, let's say, ancient times or, or you know, other times uh, when definitely we were spending much more time in our local communities, uh, there was no access, either physical or virtual, digital with others. Uh, we had this sense of, you know, having elders, uh, people who've, you know, the, the easy or hard way had to learn some, you know, wise uh, lessons. And uh, I can only imagine that uh, if there was a crisis locally, uh, that these elders and others uh, would actually get together and have conversations uh, in ways that they could at least understand each other. And uh, yeah, no decision will be perfect if it was a simple uh, problem that uh, would have been different. And that idea... I can only hope that uh, uh, more and more people uh, will uh, be able to uh, to have uh, together, be it in a family, be it in your uh, community, be it at work, uh, or at the very least with yourself in this yeah. case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all, calls, it all has to start with ourselves. You know, we, we have the onus, I you know, apply this to myself right now, like <laughs> how, how much of my, you know, working hours are dedicated to developing, consciously developing my wise thinking skills is like <laughs> you know probably count that in minutes per year uh mm-hmm. so it it's uh yeah of course it starts with the individual um and then you're right i think communities were structured differently elders we respected our elders to a greater degree people had time and space to think through to cons- consult elders i mean yeah you imagine that there was a great a greater sort of wisdom quotient in, in some of these older cultures. Yeah, um, and, and maybe it's imagined uh, or not, but uh, nevertheless, it is a, a wish for us collectively uh, going forward. Um, given uh, that uh, the, the complexity of today, uh, there's no hint that it's going to decrease mm. uh, with more and more things being more and more intertwined in so many ways uh, uh, globally. So uh, at least uh, being able to talk about that, think that through, think about uh, different ways of thinking, understanding where the other is coming from, being able to switch. Again, this is a lot of hard work and uh, uh, I'm not pretending that uh, I can do this effortlessly, but uh, uh, writing this uh, did, of course, force me in many ways to uh, think much more than I might have otherwise done. Yeah. Well, of course, that's it. I mean, you haven't mentioned that, but writing presumably is a big is part of this. I mean, I, I journal, but it tends to be, I tend to do a lot more work around, you know, feelings and emotional work. Mm-hmm. I do less around my thinking skills. Um, is that, is that a, a good tool here as well? <laughs> if, uh, if writing is something that uh, you get energy from, uh, definitely, of course, uh, it's nice, but it, the, the, the form in which you do it shouldn't be a barrier to actually uh, do it. If you have good friends, uh, if you have a book club, um, if you uh, enjoy just walking (laughs) or uh, something small just before any important decision and you already maybe know what you're going to do, nevertheless, still pausing and say, hey, uh, what would indeed Socrates say? Or what would uh, Hipparchia ask me? Or this and that. 
even if it's a, a formality, but it nevertheless helps you practice uh, in easy times, uh, uh, especially for those moments where it really matters, uh, where much more is at stake, much more than you might even realize. Right. Yeah. 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 So find your own way in, to, <laughs> to, 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 to pay attention to this. Yeah, to yeah, switch yeah. and uh, uh, in a playful way. So this, these are heavy topics, but it doesn't mean that the practice should be in a very, you know, unnecessarily heavy way. Um, this can be enriching, could be playful, uh, it can be fun, it could be interesting, you know, it can be you know, done in a curious way. And uh, um, exploring these fields, uh, you have this magnificent uh, brain um, you know, how well can you guide your own thinking, uh, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, bit. You, you know, that's something we, we sort of, it's worth pausing. I think we all have these extraordinary, magnificent brains, right? Mm, that, yeah. Um, and we don't and even know how they work. Creative potential. And, um, we, we're gifted with this ability to think and yeah, training that there could be no better a sort of return on investment in one's life than, than <laughs> training your thinking ability could be and who knows you might also decide that you know these ways of thinking from uh that we covered in the book uh, are not for me for whatever reason like somebody deciding in the car uh, i'll never shift to the fifth gear for you know a variety of reasons i choose not mm. to um and that's fine but at least you know it's there uh, at least it was a conscious choice at least uh, 10 years down the road, you won't say, hey, why didn't anybody show me that this even existed? Uh, I could have uh, saved myself a lot of uh, uh, time and energy uh, in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think, how much of this are you trying to take into schools? Because, like, <laughs> you know, I, I'd not heard of a single one of these. You know, these were never mentioned, you know, through well, in my, my entire my entire education, like until I yeah. left university. Isn't that extraordinary? Right? Like, yeah. There is uh, yeah. Well, I, for me, I think I was uh, lucky enough to attend uh, a high school where we also had uh, Latin and Greek, uh, even though the emphasis was a lot on uh, translating texts without necessarily talking a lot about, okay, what the content and the thinking behind it. Um, it did expose me a little bit uh, to these worlds. There is, uh, of course, uh, 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 the question, you know, what, what is that education about? I'm personally very hesitant to uh, uh, say, you know, people should learn this or people should learn that. But at least when uh, you are going through school, when you are going through college or when you are uh, growing up, um, having the freedom to explore a bit. Uh, and to practice these things, uh, especially when the decisions you're making are not of uh, uh, such a, a great, uh, they don't carry that much weight. Um, my first startup carried much less weight than the decisions when I made back then, uh, than uh, the second one or uh, the things that I'm doing today. Unless I'm very happy I was able to practice early. And in this case, um, you could ask yourself, well, if uh, school is about knowledge, it's about learning a lot of things, um, maybe it is helpful indeed to practice different perspectives without necessarily being too prescriptive um, and uh, the same way that the, the book is written. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> very equivocal answer i wanted you to say we should be having this in every school you know in every land on the globe um that's why it's back to your humbleness yeah <laughs> uh, i think i think it's uh but the, the, i understand the, the the intent and i can imagine that uh, uh it is for youth especially growing up in days like this um growing up in a world that does seem to feel much more intertwined and complex and the like uh, there's much more decisions that maybe young people have to make these days and maybe there was a time that uh, people had the, the luxury of being a bit naive uh, in all of that uh, i can of course recommend anyone <laughs> to uh, to read the book or any other book that helps them to uh, switch between different ways of thinking yeah 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 um Good. Well, thank you. Um, it feels like uh, uh, maybe there's a couple of characters we we left we left out, but maybe <laughs> we'll leave that for people so they can they can buy the buy the book and um, yeah, like uh, dive into all of them. Uh, so yeah, really enjoyed it. And thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you you sent me a personal note in the in the copy you gave to me. Enjoy <laughs> and, and to the moon to the moon of wise thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I don't uh, uh, hope you won't have too many barriers in uh, practicing different ways of thinking. And <laughs> no, no. Good. Well, um, we'll we'll put we'll certainly put a link to the book. Um, there's your website www kian, which is k a y v a n k i a n. That's k a y v a n k i a n dot com. Uh, anywhere else you would you would point people who taken an interest if they're interested yes yeah, social media uh, uh any channel through uh, linkedin for instance uh, or others um if there are any questions feel free to indeed reach out fabulous all right well thank you <laughs> once again this has been awesome uh and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your day thank you thank you for uh, the invitation and all the helpful questions a lot of food for thought uh, also for me thank you oh good thanks the Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.